Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. The New York football giants head into the month of October and do not have a losing record and they intend to keep it that way against the 2-2 two two Minnesota Vikings, who are showing all signs toward an imploding football team with some diva, whiny, problem receivers. Been there. At 1 p.m. Sunday, East Rutherford, New Jersey, the football Giants will be playing in their most important regular season game since the Dallas home game in 2016. Enormous day. Huge game. This is the Bleeding Blue pregame show. Hey, David. What's up, Justin? How you doing? We've been there. Oh, we have been. We have been. <laughs> and the worst part, the worst, at, at least for us, our diva wide receiver was actually still producing. Thank you. Even, I, with the quarterback, even with the quarterback who didn't want to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, well, it, it appears that Kirk Cousins doesn't want to either. Like, David, it's actually, it's actually insane. You know how I've had the point kind of like this season where, you know, especially when we were in the 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 dog days of Eli Manning. Remember those first two weeks of the season? People were saying that Saquon should be getting the ball more because basically when you hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley, it's almost just more effective than passing the ball since Eli Manning would only average like seven yards per attempt. Well, uh, ladies and gents, that's not an exaggeration. Kirk Cousins is averaging his yards per attempt this year is 7.4. Dalvin Cook is averaging this year in 2019 so far his yards per attempt is 5.8 that's that's insanity <laughs> so, that's amazing it all it almost is just more effective running the ball than it is throwing the ball for them in a passing league now david we're here we're shitting on the vikings at least to kind of start and we're kind of shitting on their situation and we're laughing at it because like let's face it we've been there we've been there with a quarterback that we're paying a lot of money with wide receivers and skill position groups that we've had such high expectations for that they should succeed. And it just, I mean, they, and not to say that it hasn't worked for them, but David, they're, they're two and two, but also Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million. Stefan Dix, five years, $81 million. Adam Thielen, four years, $64 million. How the, in the world can they fill all these guys in their cap? Vikings, 31st in passing yards per game, 32nd in passing first downs per game. And what's crazy to me is Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit, Justin. But let, let's just yeah. We I are. mean, do you, do we want to keep talking about this, or can we go? You want to go into this in a, in a few minutes? No, you you go. Just go. Go. Okay, we'll go. The crazy thing to me is Kirk Cousins. 
when he was a full-time starter in Washington, this is a guy who threw for 4,000 yards a season. He threw for, in, in 2016, he threw for almost 5,000 yards. He, he's not allergic to throwing a deep ball. He's actually pretty good at throwing a deep ball. He, he's been on a lot of teams that didn't have much of a running game. He's been on a lot of teams that couldn't protect him. He's been sacked 40 times twice in his career. He's been, he was sacked 26 and 23 times. So those, those aren't terrible, terrible numbers. In 15 and 16, 41 times in 2017 with Washington, and then 40 times last year. It's just, it's so crazy to me. I don't know where this is coming from, um, but Justin, you you kind of likened it to the Giants situation, but I do think it's different. The Vikings all around him are an excellent football team. Absolutely. All around him. The defense is fantastic. The wide receiver, the skill position players, as you put it, are all Pro Bowl caliber players. At least when we were talking about Eli, you had a couple of things, a couple of other things to talk about. He was old. You know, there's no doubt he was old. The offensive line was a turnstile. There was no defense to speak of, except for in 2016. The skill position players were, at the top, very, very good. And then there was a drop-off. So, it's so interesting. I, As a Giants fan, now granted, I'm sure Minnesota Vikings fans have a much more detailed view on on the Kirk Cousins situation but it to, to a Giants fan it's so weird because I remember playing Kirk Cousins when he was on the Redskins and I hated playing Kirk Cousins because I actually don't think he's a bad quarterback when he was with Washington he would beat us you also never knew what kind of Kirk Cousins you were going to get because right. you would watch him one week and he would light it up and something to just really point out about Kirk Cousins he's also just extremely efficient very, very efficient. Even last week against the Bears, where he dropped back 36 times, completed 27 passes, 75% completion percentage. He had one game against Green Bay with a 43 completion percentage. But outside of that game, it was 80% completion percentage against Atlanta, in which he only attempted to throw the ball 10 times. That's strange. Um, 21. He was 15 for 21 against Oakland, 71 and then, like I said, against Chicago, he was 75% completion percentage. So you never know what Kirk Cousins you're really going to get. You will watch him the week before, and then they play the Giants the next week, and then he would shit the bet against the Giants. That's that's sometimes that's what would happen, especially towards his latter, his uh, his final days in Washington. Yeah, and, and I think for our purposes analyzing this game, we need to be careful to not look too much at last week because they're playing the Chicago Bears in Chicago. And, I mean, no, nobody can replicate what the Bears' defense does. They're just too talented. They're, they're too good. But, I mean, the Oakland Raiders, the, the previous week, week three, they played the Raiders at home. The Raiders, I think, coming into that game were possibly the 32nd-ranked pass defense. Maybe not. Miami probably is or was at that point, probably still is. They're, they're low. They threw the ball for 174 yards. Kirk Cousins, let me get let me get Kirk Cousins stats up for you. Yeah, he was he was 15 for 21, like I said, with 174 yards. Kirk Cousins is only thrown three touchdown passes the entire year, and he had yards per attempt of 8.3. <laughs> and it certainly helps when when Dalvin Cook runs for 200 yards, and you know you're playing you're playing a bad football team that you can still put up 34 points, only throwing for 175 yards and they can't do anything offensively. So it, you know, obviously 
situations matter also. So I'm sure that throwing the ball was not something they were doing once they got into, you know, the mid third quarter. So the numbers are going to stay down, but still what you're seeing is a quarterback who's efficient, but a quarterback who has not taken any chances this season. And if we want, I want to address Adam, uh, Adam Thaleen's comments really quickly. He, you know, for anybody who didn't pay any attention earlier in the week, after they lost to Chicago, he was basically saying, we can't just keep running the ball. At some point, someone's going to stop us. We need to be able to throw the ball downfield. We need to be able to spread the field, make plays, and, and kind of go go to your best players. And I, I would say the best players, in my opinion, the best players on their offense are Thaling, Diggs, and Dalvin Cook. I don't know who else you could even put in there. Maybe Kyle Rudolph is also pretty, he's been very good. I, I agree with him, and, and I think what worries me about this game is they have to be, after after Thaling says that earlier in the week, they're licking their lips. I think this is a game that they're coming in and they're saying they're going to give, they're going to hand Kirk Cousins the ball and early on. I mean, you saw it in the first play against the, uh, against the Redskins last week for us. Grant Haley gets beat. It just so happens that Case Keenum missed, what was his name? Trey, Trey Quinn, Trey Quinn, Trey Quinn. I was thinking Ted Quinn. Case Keenum just missed them. Kirk Cousins is not going to miss Stefan Diggs. So I, I think they're no doubt going to go with their, with their calling card, which is their, which is Dalvin Cook in their running game. But this has got to be in, in the Vikings mind. I think this is a get right game for Kirk Cousins. And understandably so. Now, for the Giants, we've been um, optimistic about where this defense is going because they've looked pretty good the last two weeks or the last three halves, let's say. But the competition just got revved up to another level. Yeah. So let, let's see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm no doubt yeah. nervous. I, I'm extremely nervous too, David, because even though – we basically did take the first part of this podcast kind of being like, ooh, uh, not not good. <laughs> not good things, not a good situation in Minnesota. David, you didn't even acknowledge Stefan Diggs. And, you know, you want to talk about a kind of a disaster situation where you have guys in that locker room even questioning whether or not he wants to be there. Now, as a Giants fan, and this is coming from a Giants fan perspective, I could take that as, well, that's a collapsing locker room. Or you could take it through the lens of, holy shit, this football team is going to want to come out this Sunday ready to prove something. And that is where I hope that this game doesn't go to and it doesn't turn to, (laughs) where this Minnesota offense is going to want to say, you know what, Kirk Cousins, let's start calling things a little bit differently. We know the Giants have had a hard time defending throws and giving up plays over 30 yards. We know that, hey, there's film. Case Keenum missed Two or three plays, huge plays down the field where safeties are lacking. Grant Haley's behind. Uh, we know DeAndre Baker, even when even when sometimes when he's playing in press coverage, he lacks that straight line speed. We know that if we get into a one-on-one running matchup running down the field against him, we know that we could win. We know Janoris Jenkins has had some has had some bad moments, especially against Mike Evans this year. So they're seeing all these things, David. And I'm nervous. And I am nervous that. This would be the game that the Vikings all turn around. Now, that's an I think that's an optimistic take for this Vikings offense, saying that they're just going to turn around their whole offense and call it differently. 
But David, let's just say that it's status quo. Dalvin Cook could still go out here, be handed the ball 20 times, which he hasn't been handed the ball more than 21 times. He was handed the ball 21 times in the home opener for 111 yards, average, average five and a third yards per carry, two touchdowns. He's been he's rushed the ball 21 times, 20 times, 16 yards, 14 times, respectively. 14 times for 35 yards last week against the Bears in a game that they were losing. But outside of that, David, he averaged 7.7 yards per attempt, 6.88 yards per attempt in Green Bay and Oakland, respectively. That's scary. That's scary. That's not just an anomaly. That's This guy is a part of this team's identity, a part of this team's game plan. He hasn't really been that healthy the last couple of years between the torn ACL and then the, the lingering injuries that he had last year, kind of still recovering from that ACL injury. David, this, this still is a very scary team, whether they decide to go with the path of we're going to try to expose the Giants secondary, we're going to try to air, air the ball out a little bit more, or they just stick to their identity and they continue to run the ball. David, I want to get some I want to read off their um personnel grouping frequency from Sharp Football Stats because the Giants last week when the Washington Football Club was particularly behind in the game and they were throwing the ball. They were putting an emphasis on throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball since they were behind. You felt a lot more confident when the Giants were running these money backer sets with an interior linebacker, Jabril Peppers, Michael Thomas, Antoine Bethea as your two regular safeties. But Jabril Peppers was that hybrid linebacker, what they call a money backer. So they were running a lot of that last week, particularly on third downs. Now, what I'm hoping, what I was hoping to see is that the Vikings were using 11 personnel around 60, definitely over 50%. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to see. When in fact, that wasn't necessarily the case. Because the reason why I say this is because I want the Vikings to be lining up in passing formations so that way you don't feel like it's such a mismatch to have Jabul Peppers playing a linebacker. Does that does that make sense? Right, right. Right. So here's basically the not the percentage, but the amount of plays that the Vikings have run in each formation. With three wide receivers on the field, one tight end, one running back, 11 personnel, the Vikings have run 43 plays this year, 12 personnel, 31 plays, 21 personnel, 22. And then there are some plays, there are some other formations that they've run here and there as well. But those are the majority of the plays that they've run. That's a pretty well-even split there, David. When you look at the Giants, where the Giants have run 130 plays out of 11 personnel, <laughs> 25 plays out of 12 personnel, five plays out of 21 personnel, which I feel like they run more than five. Yeah, that concerns me, David, because if you're gonna, if you're going to have the Vikings coming out here and running with a fullback, a running back, two tight ends, because of the lack of depth that we have at interior linebacker we're probably going to have to play with two interior linebackers on the field at the same time, more often than not, and then just solely use the money backer look on third down. I, I'm concerned about just the amount of weapons Minnesota has. I'm concerned about the way that, that you know, when you look at where the weapons for this team are, it's they're spreadable, if that makes any sense. They're not all at the line of scrimmage. They're 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 going to be able to spread this defense out, and we've seen when this defense gets spread out, that's when they get weaker and weaker. The further the further spread they are, the weaker they get. I think for the Giants' defense, you're going to need to decide 
you're going to need to try to force Minnesota into whichever way you feel more comfortable. You need to force them into choosing one way to beat you. They're not going to be able to take away both Stefan Diggs, Adam Thaleen, Kyle Rudolph, and take away the running game. You're going to be able to choose one, in my opinion, in my estimation. So, which, do, so which one would that be for you? Well, see, that's that's the question. I'm, I'm not I I'm not sure. In my it, gut, I say you try to follow Chicago's game plan as closely as you can. Understanding, understanding you don't have the same talent, but play a numbers game, put more guys in the box than they can block, and make Kirk Cousins go beat you. And hope that Janoris Jenkins last week was not an anomaly, and he'll continue solid play, and you can at least you know 80% of the time believe that either Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen, whichever one he's covering, is out of the play because Janoris Jenkins is on him. And then you worry about DeAndre Baker and trying to get DeAndre Baker help when he needs it against the other, the right. other outside receiver. Now, David, that's that's basically the formula which we said kind of going into the season that needs to happen. What do the Giants have to do defensively when you put so much stock into your secondary? Now, not saying that you know the Giants have put so much money into their secondary, but they've put a lot of stock into their secondary by the signing of Antoine Bethea. The trading for Jabril Peppers, keeping Janoris Jenkins around, spending first-round draft capital on DeAndre Baker, and eventually we'll hopefully have some more guys like Ballantine and Ballantine and uh, Julian Love, you know, forming and coming eventually, coming of age soon. But this is what we've said needed to be the formula for the Giants this year. You need to have trust in that secondary. Trust in that secondary that they can do the things necessary to help you win the football game and when you have trust in that secondary you can be able to stack stack the box because of the fact that your front seven is lackluster and it's funny because we talked about we one of the big things we talked about after dallas or was this team is young the defense is young they're gonna need time the under baker's gonna need time um peppers and bethea and and all these guys are gonna need time to get themselves you know, integrated into the system and used to playing real live football on the field together. And we've definitely seen improvements week in and week out, especially the last two weeks. You can make the argument that it's more based on the competition, but I, I think that might be part of it. But I also think a guy like DeAndre Baker is just getting more comfortable. He just looks more comfortable. He looks right. more comfortable running receivers routes for them. He looks more comfortable. He looks like he knows where he wants to be. He looks like he knows where he wants his hands to be. He looks more comfortable. And I actually think that if you go, if you go back to that Dallas game, so far that's by far you know the the best team they've played. Minnesota might now be the best team they've played. I still think Dallas is better than Minnesota, but oh, yeah. you know, it, but at the beginning of the year, you probably could call it a toss-up. Minnesota is a very, very good football team on paper, especially. And I actually think by design, especially for what we thought, what, you know, Dallas of previous seasons, maybe not so much this year, they're trying to change their, their MO a little bit. I actually think they're pretty similar teams on paper. I would say that, you know, I would rather have Diggs and Thaleen as opposed to uh, Cooper, Cooper and Gallup and Gallup or Cobb but, too. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're built similarly, right? So you've got the very, very, very good running back, 
Dallas probably has a better offensive line, but Minnesota's got better outside receivers. But they kind of do the same thing. Except so now, think- except now, I think. I mean, this is this is really getting into just solely NFL talk. Except now, I finally think that Dallas is realizing just how effective it is to throw the ball somewhat down the football field, not totally airing right. it out, but right. throwing it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I agree with you, but but I think this is the 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 Cowboys are the closest team that they've played on paper to what the Vikings are going to try to do, and I think. The Giants' defense here in Week 5 might be a little bit better equipped to handle that than they were in Week 1. So I think Giants fans probably all over the place have this vision of Stefan Diggs running free across the middle of the field, Kyle Rudolph running free across the middle of the field. Basically, they're, they're them being able to get whatever they want. I really don't think it's going to be that easy for the Vikings offense throwing the ball. I really don't. And I don't, and I'm not even so much commenting on the Kirk cousins and Stefan Diggs talk and failing saying whatever he said and, and cousins being inept at throwing the ball for some, down the field this year, for some reason I'm commenting on the giants ability to handle those players for Minnesota. Now where I get more concerned is Dalvin cook is their running game. Because I think at times this year, you know, there've been little glimpses where the giants have not been able to stop the run. And it's not getting highlighted because they've been so unable to stop to stop the pass. Right, we're not highlighting. There was a drive against Tampa where Ronald Jones ran the ball, I think, six straight times, and accumulated like fifty-five yards, just one after the other after the other. And then for some reason, inexplicably, the Bucks took him out of the game at the goal line, and they didn't end up scoring. If we walk away from this Giants game saying that you want to know what it's the opponent you kind of got to take things with a grain of salt the vikings aren't an offense that's really airing airing things out etc 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 if we're walking away from this football game saying that david that is a tremendous tremendous w (laughs) (laughs) for for us personally because then it's then then that means that we're not saying the giants allowed an offense that hasn't been able to do anything through the year all year to pass the ball all over the field fair Fair. Okay. Um, Let's move to the offense. Now, the more that we were talking about the defense, the more that I'm like kind of, I don't know if concerned is the word, but again, I think worried. I'm just, I'm in generally very worried about this game because it's such a huge game. This game, this football game is such a huge game, especially considering that you have a short week next week and it's against the best team of the fucking last 20 years. So you win this football game, David, right? You're three and two. You go into New England, you're probably going to be three and three. You lose this football game, you're two and three. You go into New England, you're probably two and four. That's such a huge difference. That is an incredibly, incredibly huge difference. And that's why I think I get so worried off of this game. That's why I think this game is so important. And I guess I should have said that in the beginning, but my B, my bad. (laughs) Golden Tate comes back. and How important do you think that is? Here's where I think it's important. We said a strength that the Giants had heading into Daniel Jones' first start is kind of like the strength of not knowing what the Giants were going to do, not knowing how they were going to use Daniel Jones, because even though there was film in the preseason on Daniel Jones, it wasn't the full package, and we knew that. 
we knew we we barely saw Daniel Jones use his legs. We barely saw Daniel Jones run any kind of play action. We saw a few run pass options, but nothing, but nothing elaborate. And that was a strength. That was definitely, definitely a strength heading into that Tampa Bay game, where if Tampa Bay maybe had a week of film on Daniel Jones, maybe it's a different result. Maybe they play it differently. And I think it's the same thing here with Golden Tate, where Sterling Shepard has been the sole slot receiver on 11 personnel. The Giants have run. Now, I did confirm this from Sharp Football Stats. The Giants have run 78% of their plays out of 11 personnel. So it is a legitimate conversation to talk about who is going to be lining up in the slot and who is going to be lining up as the outside wide receiver. Is Golden Tate going to be in the slot? Is Sterling Shepard going to be in the slot? Are they going to both be interchangeable, which that would be nice if it's just not like a set thing and you can have Golden Tate out of the slot, Sterling Shepard out of the slot, since Sterling Shepard has done so well out of the slot, 11 personnel, say slot one more time, Justin. You've already said it 17 times in the last 20 seconds. <laughs> but David, that's why I feel like it's 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 important, at least this week, because we because Golden Tate's a good football player. Like during the summer, we talked about like we look at Golden Tate's pro football reference page and you look at some of his more advanced stats about yards after the catch and his ability to break tackles once he gets the balls in his hands, and it's like, oh shit. He's like best in the NFL at doing some of these things, especially the advanced stats. And then, oh look. He's had like no less than 90 catches throughout the last how many years. So that's why I feel like it's important, at least for this week. Because he's no Joe Schmo that's just coming back, you would hope. Absolutely. This is a this is a guy who's been the Pro Bowls. This is a I think we and we talked about this when we talked about Golden Tate over the summer, but I think because of how up in the air his season last year was, he kind of fell off the face of the earth and people forgot how good he was because Philly could not find a way to utilize him. I think he will be resurgent this year for sure. I think it's incredibly important to get him back because when you're playing defenses that are this good, the only way that a team like the Giants has a chance to move the ball and and, and put up points against them is if they don't allow Minnesota to key in on one thing or one player, which is why it's so it hurts so much to have Saquon not be able to come back. Obviously, we can get into that at the very end. It hurts to not have him come back, but Gallman looked good last week. But you need to not be able to allow Minnesota – you need to be able to not allow Minnesota to know where everyone's going to line up and go out and stop them because if that happens – the Giants are not good at e- are not good enough at either dimension of the offense right now to beat a team like Minnesota. So if you get one dimensional with the pass with, with the passing game, I don't think you're good enough yet to just go out and flat out beat Minnesota. They're not good enough on the ground to just go out and beat Minnesota. They need a mix of both, and I think within the passing game, they need a mixture of all of their guys. They need to get Evan Ingram his looks. They need to get Sterling Shepard his looks. They need to get Golden Tate his looks. They need to get everybody going so that they can't key in on one guy or one group and attack. You know, And I, and I think it's gone every week now. Evan Ingram is again this week probably the most important player on the field offensively for the Giants. If there's one area of Minnesota that I think could be exploited, it would probably be their linebackers. 
Um, they lost a few during free agency, didn't they? Yeah, and granted, Anthony Barr is excellent. I like Anthony Barr. Uh, Michael Kendricks is good. These are guys who have been to Pro Bowls. But it's definitely their weakest position group. So if they can continue running these clear outs for Evan Ingram across the middle of the field and get him in space and manage to get him lined up on on mismatches, that's the only way they're going to be able to win this game. I, I don't believe they're going to be good enough to just go out and one-on-one straight up beat beat them. Um, I would be, I would expect a lot of a lot of movement before the line is before the before the snap. A lot of guys going in different places. I would expect some weird maybe some weird formations. You know, I could see like Sterling Shepard lined up in the backfield, Evan Ingram lined up in the backfield. Just anything to get an aggressive defense to hesitate, because then you can start taking advantage of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, David, I'm just I- I'm nervous. I'm nervous just because of how important of a football game this is. Uh, we're, we're both. It's fun, Justin, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun to be this nervous about a game because it's important. Yeah, it's unfamiliar. Yeah, I don't know how to feel. We're both going to be there. We will be. Um, so we'll be live streaming from parking lot K, MetLife Stadium. It's not going to be hot as fuck, which is nice. It, oh, it's I'm actually, so excited! It's actually going to be like cloudy and seventy, I think. I know. I'm. I'm like this. This week is the, is the first week that I've been like, I, I've I've thought, okay, David, you need to like put some sunblock on before you get to the game, and maybe even bring some with you and leave it in the car. And then I look at the weather, and it's going to be cloudy. So remember how in 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 uh, over the preseason. My shithead of the week was Mother Nature. Oh, yeah. That has continued. I think now she's just angry at me. Because it's like seven weeks in a row now. I'm looking at the wind oh. for tomorrow. It's going to be blowing around. swirling wind? Uh, I, well, I mean, I, and this is just East Rutherford. This isn't, I'm not looking at, like, I can't look at the wind at, like, MetLife. But East Rutherford, it's going to be 10 to 15 miles an hour tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. So imagine what it may be at MetLife. So... Uh, that's something. That's something to look out for. Yeah, for sure. And I and I really quickly one more um, thing to keep an eye on. And this is something the Giants did very very well last week against Washington, and they've really done a good job of it all year. Field position. I, I David, don't, David. I was thinking the same thing. Are you serious? I was, yes, because think about how in that Dallas game it didn't fucking matter, right? And think about, at least in the first half of that Bills game, it didn't fucking matter. And think about last week where Washington just couldn't do shit. Didn't fucking matter. But, like, field position is, yes, go. Talk. Well, a couple of things. One, the Giants are not going to be able to go on 90-yard drives against this team. They're going to they're gonna take the plays where they can get them. And if that play that you can take is a 20-yard pass play, you need to be able to make that play work for you. You need to be able to not – that play can't get you from the 10 to the 30. It needs to get you from the 45 to the 30. From, from an offensive standpoint for the Giants, they need to put themselves in, in positive enough situations where they can at least – if you're not going to be able to score on this drive, set yourself up for the next drive. Defensively, you guy go up the field on third down. They've done a good job of that. Last week and the second half against Tampa, get off the field on third down. 
when you, when you've when you've got the play in front of you to be made, make the play. You know, don't give this team multiple chances because they will beat you because they are more talented. Also, we have not talked about. I don't think we've said his name once um, all season, but silently, I think Riley Dixon is having a very very good season punting the football. He's done a very nice job where where he can pinning teams deep putting the defense in the best situation possible. Now, a lot of times it hasn't mattered because it doesn't matter where the opposing offense starts on, starts a drive. They're going to, they're going to score. But I think Riley Dixon's done a very nice job. I'm very happy that TJ Jones is cut because I was tired of us muffing punts. Cause at some point that was going to burn us. Um, so I would imagine to see Jabril yeah. Peppers. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Um, which I kind of like, or Ballantyne. I know they, I know they tried Ballantyne returning kicks. Yeah, but Ballantyne can't, couldn't catch kicks. Oh, he couldn't catch in either. The preseason. Oh, well, he, he, he. It just so happens that he drops the kicks in the end zone, so it doesn't really matter. All right, Jabril, but Jabril it is. <laughs> I think it'll be, I think it'll be Jabril. All of these things, you know, when you when you're going up against a team that on offense and defense, defense specifically, is just better. You got to take the wins where you can, and I think a big place where they can win is in the special teams game, in field position, is just trying to, you know, self-preservation. If you're not going to score now, set yourself up so that you get the ball on the 50 on your next drive, and maybe you can score then. We're conference, bitch. What the fuck are you talking? Oh, my God. You would be the, right. you would be the compassionate man that brings up punters. But no, I'm, I'm serious, though. It's important. They're not people. They are people. Hey, say that about Steve Weatherford. Steve Weatherford will kick your ass. Steve Weatherford is, will eat me. He's chiseled. <laughs> okay. That is a chiseled individual. Um, David, Justin, you, it's early. It, yeah, we're recording this at, eight, at, well, it's no longer 8.30 in the morning, but we started at 8.30 in the morning. I think the energy was good, though. Yeah, I, I hope that it didn't feel like we were we were half asleep. No, no, I, I don't I don't think we were. We were, we were laughing about... The Vikings' unfortunate situation of having some diva wide receivers, and we were that's how it I think if we didn't start the show like that, if we didn't start the show all laughing and giggly and trolly, you would have heard a snore. Yeah, we would have been like, huh, we're here. All right. So, David, do you have any of kind of final thoughts um as we head forth um into the weekend? Most important game at MetLife Stadium. I'm talking Giants or Jets. Most important game at MetLife Stadium in three years. If you're going to be at MetLife Stadium, as Justin and I will, you got to come ready. Come ready to make some noise. Come ready to help out this team because I do think last week you saw on a couple of occasions, uh, I think the crowd honestly forced Washington to a couple of mistakes, to delay a game. They had to take a couple timeouts. Yeah, they suck anyway. They do suck. Don't get me wrong. They suck very, very badly. Um, But it felt like the, the team was feeding off the energy of the crowd. That's got to continue into this week. And at the, at the end of the day, let's just enjoy the fact that we have a very meaningful October football game. At the very least, win or lose. Let's enjoy the fact that this team is actually playing for something. And uh, Saquon Barkley was built in a lab. Yeah, I'll hold my opinions on how the Giants... Uh training and medical staffs have dealt with injuries. We'll save that for next week. Um, So keep on bleeding blue. Go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees. I will be at the game today. Or when you're listening to this Sunday, I'll be at the game yesterday. So it's kind of like an inception situation. 
Go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. Keep on bleeding blue. You will hear from us next week. It'll be a little bit of a different schedule next week since the game is on Thursday. So, David. All you beautiful people out there, continue being beautiful. Did you hear my voice crack there? That was insane. <clears throat> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs>